right. Welcome all to the show. I have the awesome guest known as Tiffany Warren. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hello, Cam. Hello, Hello. listeners. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I might. Can't complain, I, I guess. Who the hell are we talking about today? <laughs> Uncle Prince. We're talking about Uncle Prince. Yeah, Uncle Prince. <laughs> he, 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 that, that's how I've always kind of thought of him. He's like my uncle. Like, um, Your when official I was, when uncle. I was, yeah, when I was probably about like three, I remember my, because I don't have... I don't have a relationship with my dad at all anymore, but he would pick me up on Saturdays when I was little. And uh, that was one of one of three artists that he would tend to play nonstop in the car. And so I have little happy <laughs> memories there. And then all growing up, my mom would usually Saturdays were her house cleaning days. And so I'd always wake up to the smell of like pancakes and like either disco prints or like. Uh, was it worth when in fire? Yeah, I'm the same way. I always heard the radio hits years before I heard about the whole just changing his name nonstop. Uh, just quite the character, you know, it's like we talk about all these other people who we like, and yet their outrageous off color behavior is kind of what also kind of makes them them and that's kind of funny just seeing how everyone's like you know it doesn't matter <laughs> it is what it is yeah. that's kind of what their ego is what kind of makes them them so that that's okay <laughs> just, yeah I actually did something that... inappropriate I'm not really surprised because not like I'm trying to glamorize someone getting hurt or whatever but I mean it's kind of to be expected you know if that makes sense like, right like with the whole Marilyn Manson thing that that's something I was like okay look I love the guy in high school like I love I loved his music there was some relation you know re relatability there but I'm not at all surprised <laughs> the allegations yeah <laughs> there, there are no that that's that's a good transition because there are some where it's just like yeah you know <laughs> not saying I don't care but I kind of grew out of whoever so it's okay mm -hmm. that I can turn away it's past me now and for whatever reason it is funny how some celebs we literally can't watch anything they're in or part of and then there's others where it's like yeah no i <laughs> i can watch them but i know they're a piece of work and <laughs> right <laughs> uh, i was never big on manson but he did have a few bangers and so then when i'm hearing <laughs> all these post me two stories i'm like yeah that that checks out and seeing how many artists kind of separate from them, like yeah i guess <laughs> yeah they all that, parted that like the red sea <laughs> it's like i had yeah, right. him. I don't know that's so true it is kind of like the, uh, <laughs> i had no we're, idea we're, he was like that we thought it was guys, but i i know what you mean where it is kind of like the whole uh uh to catch a predator have a seat over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah have a, have a seat over there um yeah it uh all the stories especially where i heard how he got in like a heated argument with like what was it i think it was sunito connor or something like that and uh, it's just like uh, i would always hear about just how off color he could be and kind of paranoid and um but yeah he was a mix of rock pop and r&b and also known as his band the revolution and uh i've i've heard plenty of his samples i mean just about everybody if you want to you know name off all the hits raspberry beret manic monday yeah uh, it's interesting how he became just as big as his various 
movies as well as music videos and i mean the bands again like you say always created yeah always in our minds because i mean like everybody's even trying to kind of be schooled by him you know like obviously we got apollonia and vanity and then we got people on saturday night live doing parodies of them i always thought fred armerson did a good one (laughs) (laughs) i think i think um while i'm not a fan of his his comedy anymore i think my favorite was dave Chappelle. they came over where we was at prince started talking to my brother hello eddie murphy prince what's up i'm a big fan of your comedies oh that's hot would you like to come to my house and listen to some music Ooh, that's cool fruity get the car assemble your crew i'll be outside <laughs> we went up there we get there he puts the tracks on tracks of slamming you know what i mean we listen to the music and everything we grooving at the crib they had girls over there yeah nice environment it was, it was it was tight this bores me is anyone up for a game of basketball <laughs> <laughs> And I'm looking back at him thinking to myself, you know, what are you angry about? I mean, you know where you got that shirt from. And the damn sure wasn't the men's department. I mean, I kind of learned something that day. Don't never judge a book by its cover. This cat could ball, man. Play ball. He was crossing cat. Like I crossed me up. They my knees slammed together. He was getting rebounds like Charles Barkley, snatching his dance. Shoot the J. Shoot it! He's trying to play. Computer blue. Darling picky. Prince was incredible. Prince, you got a towel, man? It's kind of hot out here, man. Why don't you purify yourself in the waters? of Lake Minnetonka. Good. In your face, Charlie Murphy. Good. Good hustle. Yo, man, I'm not on your team. No, that's a good contrast. Yeah. Chappelle. No, I I, I get it. It, I can do the show, the original show, but yeah, any of his recent stand-up, I'm like, shut the hell up, dude. You're just a shithead. But, but yeah. yeah i know what you mean yeah but i mean that was brilliant by charlie murphy to just try and do all the rhythm dress up like him and actually like just create his own like foray to where people were kind of doubt is like is that actually part of who he is in real life i don't know it's great it's just yeah. being wacky and like so i i grew up with his music like i said and and that's all it was to me as a kid is just like music that made me happy that you know related to some better parts of you my really childhood. do want to drive real fast and just kind of party this is yeah it is and then i i think um i probably stopped listening a little after the new power generation um and it, like I, I didn't relate and for those who don't music. know that was post 90s it was a jazz funk experiment and it divided right. his fan base and I... it, it's actually so the whole the whole thing with him changing his his name from because he, he didn't own his name anymore that was the problem yeah the, the record label that he separated from you know he pissed they owned some it. serious people's off and at the same time it is kind of stupid it's like because not only do we have to forget 
that once you become famous, you also become you market a brand based on your name. And it was just so weird how this is like he the record companies were being hard asses and he was just like having to deal with all this mumbo jumbo to where he's like, okay, fine, yeah. if you're gonna be a hard ass with me, I'm gonna be play hard to get. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. keep changing my name. I, I made enough and money. <laughs> Yeah, as a kid, I didn't get that at all. Like, I, I did, I just like, okay, your music's not fun anymore. And then I just we went just off saw and... it in pop culture because they constantly would do this whole the artist formerly known as, and that was a play on yep, the parodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think um, in the last few years since his passing, I because when he died, it, it really hit me. Like I mourned it. I literally, I still, I still. That's why I call him Uncle Prince. It's like I still mourn his passing. And, um, it's like his, uh, when I, when I've, I've like, there's all these unauthorized documentaries that have come out and sometimes I, I do a little more research just to see, it's like, okay, is this some kind yeah. of weird bias thing with rumor, but you, you kind of start learning a little bit more about him and, and basically what's happened to him throughout his career. I mean, he did have a big ego, but that was also part of his personality. That was his protection. I mean... I kind of really... honestly wouldn't want him without it, if that makes sense. I'm sorry <laughs> if anyone got hurt by him uh, mentally. <laughs> and if it's physically, that's wrong. But I mean, yeah. it's just interesting how he kind of just, yeah, he wanted to be bigger than the actual scene. And it was very, in recent years, like in the late 2010s, it was interesting seeing Terrence Trent D'Arby another fellow artist oh yeah 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 uh, he's the one like of those guy. others not everyone knows his name they they either know him as sananda matraya or terence trent howard but, yeah uh, and he was just kind of piling on it it's just like saying i'm like one of the few minorities who didn't get killed by record producers referring to the deaths of michael jackson prince and uh, various other ones and i was like oof, that that is <laughs> kind of depressing because it is rumors or fact it is just very saddening just how we're always kind of hearing all these things like i'm always finding a follow-up article to how michael jackson actually died and it's just like whoa okay and to see this man who i can't i don't want to say i want to believe it but i do kind of believe that there was some kind of foul play because it is kind of weird how he and his brother kind of owned his estate and and he owned all his music and then next thing you know he he dies and then you're like uh, and, and prince is cool again and then we're kind of forgetting about him again and then it's like well what the hell i haven't heard conspiracy theories around prince that's interesting i'd have to really? kind of look okay. into that but yeah they're not as popular as say the michael jackson ones but it is interesting how <laughs> Again, you know, he had a album that he even recorded in 2010, and it didn't come out until July of 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, um... I I haven't actually heard any of those. I know it's "Welcome to America" his name. Yeah, I've been seeing the uh, the YouTube channel that that's official prints. I've been seeing them promoted, but I, I haven't. I haven't. That's the thing. It's like so with any artist, really. I have my phases where I just kind of stick with. <laughs> So yeah. it's like I'll explore the new stuff and, and sometimes the new stuff catches on, but I think it's just like nostalgia that I just stay rooted in, it's in certain nostalgia. portions. And 
he was kind of like the male Madonna in a way where he just had no shame in being risque and yeah. <laughs> embracing his well, that... heritage, embracing just I'm gonna do I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna do what I wanna do and yeah. <laughs> have you have you seen his very first appearance, which was on American Bandstand? Like that that clip is all over YouTube. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. American Bandstand. No, I haven't. Yeah. So so here's the funny thing about him, and this is this is what I've only realized as an adult that really like just kind of made him more I don't know if endearing is the right word. Um just but basically in everyone's mind kind of as well as as well as he knew himself and his talent you know there's still like there's like this split there's prince that was the big ego but then there's also the vulnerable and shy person and for people who knew him all throughout his career they said that he was still he hated doing interviews he hated being Mm one-on-one he was good on stage because he could hide behind performance but if he had to do interviews if he had to do meet and greet stuff like that it made him so uncomfortable even yeah. even after like all those years of fame and a lot of them always talk about his loneliness how lonely he felt and he really thought that fame was going to help him like to connect with people and and you know bring them together because that was actually one of his hopes with his music and he never got that so that's one of the things that always made me really really heartbroken about his passing is that you know thinking of of an overdose of of fentanyl and and just the the chronic drug use anyway because of the the pain that he he put you know because he really beat the hell out of his body wearing those fucking six plus inch heels on stage doing all that dancing it was you know it was very uh disheartening (laughs) Um, yeah and i think i don't want to say we're just kind of not the most program or up to speed on this sort of thing i think it's more just kind of if people just don't want to understand each other and actually see why certain things just, you know, just make people uncomfortable, you, you got to really understand them. And it's, right. <clears throat> yeah, it's disheartening because like you say, he, he kind of felt like he was being pressured into it. And it's just tough to kind of, remind people hey you know you you think this is nothing well <laughs> it is actually something you know yeah if he's not if he doesn't want to do it even though he has to he he can't do it so <laughs> i don't know what you want him to do other than you know get angry at him and he gets angry right. back at you because you're not listening <laughs> right but i that that is uh I, I actually kind of refer to him as like like metaphorically as a as a creative spirit guy because if I can take the the healthy aspect of his ego and and look at it as he really believed he like just knowing what he started with and how he could play all the instruments and he would do all of these like multi multi level recordings like in in the late seventies you know he's doing all this shit himself you know and mm-hmm. he he knew he knew his worth. Like from the beginning, he knew his worth, and and you I always do it joke, all if you really yeah. Wanted to. So it's like I always joke whenever I get nervous. I'm like, all right, I need to bring on the prince energy. <laughs> I need to <laughs> I need to have that 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 little like I I could never be mean. Like I'm not shady, you know. I I can't. No, I, I, I could never. Yeah, be I get, mean, I get but, mean. but as far as like you know having a a an elevated, you know, just not even just knowing your worth, and that that's what I say. It's like 
there are a few people that I think I, I personally am okay with them having a big ego because they can back that shit up. And that was Prince. You know, he, he, that's a good contrast because without, you without see like, other people who are just trying to be like start a flame war or a clickbait article for the hell of it. And it, it's kind of like, I don't know, any of these other actors who are has beens or, even any of these sports stars who people follow on whatever just to see the crazy shit that comes out of their mouth. But in his case, yeah, yeah he's like, he's never dishonest. So, I mean, that, that's kind of mano a mano. That's what you get. That's you get both the uh, over the top nature of him, and then you get the brilliance of his music. And so then it's like, well, it, it ultimately comes together. You just got to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have like favorite songs or like a favorite album or era? Uh, of definitely Prince? 1999, and just because a you know it is just a great jam. Like I could listen to it all day and not. I don't know if so much if it's the lyrics versus the instrumentals, but like just it all comes together and you're happy for it. But like also like. The fact that that was written in the eighties, you know, years, yeah, before, and you're just like, how did that happen? <laughs> how? <laughs> I have, I have seen. Um, I don't know how much of them are, are like jokes. How much of them are jokes? Because I've seen like full pages dedicated to talking about Prince being an alien or like an alter, an alter dimensional being, <laughs> alternate dimensional being. I don't, I think he'd weird out even the aliens and that's just how cool he is. He's too cool for aliens. <laughs> but I, I know what um, you mean. Yeah. There are many celebs a... who we wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of Men in Black, actually. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the cameo on there. <laughs> <laughs> who is or isn't an alien? <laughs> Because yeah, I, aliens. I'm sorry. Because aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, around the world in in a day is like my most favorite album, and I I pretty much listen to and it's love almost every. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's and it's what's really cool is that when you listen to it with headphones on, you can <laughs> hear how he engineered the album, and it's like you're surrounded by all of these different instruments that you typically don't hear if you don't have your like like earbuds or headphones and it's it's like it's actually it's a whole actual experience and it's really cool because again these are things i didn't recognize as a kid i'm like oh this is fun i like this song like i remember i remember liking pop life when i was little and i'm just singing along and bobbing my head and not even fully thinking about the lyrics since i was about 10 years old and i was like oh shit this is deep <laughs> i was like this is a he, he's talking about drugs wow <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely those where it's just like, but it happened, guys. And it's because, uh, A, yeah, he was left to his own devices. And I don't really know as much about his dilemma. He kind of was his own producer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, after a while, he he just he stopped fucking with other record labels and just kept kept himself doing his own thing so that he could always maintain control of of his mm -hmm. music and how it was released. Oh yeah, and I mean, uh, what's funny is I did I I knew he was part part of the time and everything because similar style and they toured together, but uh, I didn't know that he helped uh, Sheena 
uh, Easton's career. I, I knew he yeah. dedicated lyrics to plenty of other people and everything, but because uh, and I think that's why, again, on your earlier point, why we kind of just are cool with however he acts because we also know that he did help out people when the time came. But mm -hmm. if you weirded him out, he might go insane too, you know, because <laughs> he's just like, "What? What are you talking about?" You know. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, when he would write songs for women, that was kind of his way of, of like, little love notes. <laughs> like, hey, I'm yeah, interested. Um, but have you, have, you heard, have you heard his version of Manic Monday? I think he so. Wrote, yeah, because yeah. he wrote, he, he wrote Manic Opera Monday. Singing. Yeah. Uh, the Bangles. Uh, the Bangles, yes. He had a thing for Susanna Hoffs. Yeah. Um, but it was it was interesting because I just that and actually his version of of sex shooter is a trip because his version of sex shooter he he his falsetto is so perfect he sounds like a woman I was like what the hell <laughs> I, I I was trying to listen I was like because he almost sounds exactly like Vanity I was like what so it yeah. kind of threw me for a loop but I but, I, huh? I think that's why we can also admire him because like he's fearless. <laughs> Yeah, but, there's a yeah. I can't, I can't remember the name of that album, but it it, it is it is a, a post Thomas release. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I heard like a lot of his greatest hits, so I I can I've never been much of an album guy. I will listen to him, but I I can't remember every single one. I can remember uh, like maybe what's on the B side or what's the most popular song from said album. But yeah, I often get lampooned and I get shit from. Fa friends and family friends because they're like oh we used to do this in college you got to know the name of this <laughs> i'm like i'm sorry i'm more of a movie guy but um <laughs> yeah no it it is cool how um I, I don't remember where i saw the the Bengals cover of manic monday by him before he gave it to them to use but yeah he was interesting how i, I think i saw it on youtube years ago it was like a uh maybe i think someone took it from like a rare live show or some shit but yeah it was i'll have to fact check that but it was interesting how it was like you say it was it, he he would test everything before he knew it was just ready to launch and yeah it, it, it's just so cool how he he really wants to just kind of be a team player on occasion so after a while i mean there was this one band that did uh, uh I, I know they did a cover of madonna's celebrate and we'll return after these messages hello and welcome to culture shocked the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions join us every tuesday as we discuss movies tv games and even music new and old Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J no, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous. 
I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. What what genre is was the band? It, it was a pop group, and I know Prince produced them. Yep. Oh, okay. I'll look it up now. Celebration. I know it's Madonna song. Yeah, they um they did a posthumous release of all of the songs that he had written for other people that were his demos performing them. And so that's that's how I heard his version of Manic Monday, which I I enjoy musically because it's 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 more I feel like it's more stripped down than than the version that the Bangles put out. Um, and then, like I said, yeah, there's there's the his version of Sex Shooter, just like yeah, it was Holiday. My bad, blows my mind. <laughs> was what was holiday. the band? Yeah, it was Holiday. Holiday. Well, what was the band though that you were you were saying? Uh, yeah, I knew it was a cover of Madonna song, and then he produced someone else who covered that song, and I just heard it in just like every other commercial. Huh. I'm just looking now because I know this was a thing. Every okay. time I think of Madonna's Holiday, I think about the wedding singer. Oh well, there you go. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Holiday cover Prince band. I, I knew it was covered in the 90s. I, I knew I cannot be the only one who knows. Yeah, the only the only group I can think of that did this Madonna cover was uh, Like a Prayer, and it was an industrial band. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of other bands that covered Madonna, but yeah, that, that's the only thing that comes to mind for me. Uh, I'll, I'll just look it up. Prince producing. There's a bunch of people who he launched. I think that's at the end of the day, imperfect and all, ego and all. I think that's why everyone ultimately likes him because he could play a guitar and we kind of showed up the first time, but then he launches all these other people and he supervises them. 
and even though they're often girlfriends of his or whatever i think it was just they're all he's kind of just naturally kind of freakish you know he like would hang out with other kinds of people who are kind of just you know also obsessed with sex and drugs and i think it was just interesting that's what sound comes off to me just different from him like at least he's in a consensual relationship as opposed to some of these other producers who are known for their <laughs> you know casting couches <laughs> yeah yeah. But yeah, he was apparently inspired by all kinds of people, including little Richard, Carlos Santana. James Brown. Yep, James Brown. And Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, <laughs> Mick Jagger, Ike Turner. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but yeah, Sly Stone. And David Bowie in Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I think that's just it. Like, he kind of just it's hard to say he kind of just works with everybody and i actually didn't realize that he worked with paula abdul and sling dion but i'm not surprised either (laughs) i did not know that yeah he apparently produced a few songs for some of their late early 90s albums so that's cool uh it's interesting though because like he comes to them and he actually tells them, I, I wrote this for you. So yep. I think that's what's yep. so why everyone relates to him. They're like, well, there's no telling who he's a fan of you know, until he <laughs> lets you know. Oh, man. I think uh, one of my other favorite things from him as a kid is the fact that he was he was a part of the Batman uh, soundtrack. Yeah. So, like, Bat <laughs> Dance. Like, I love that video. One day I'm going to dress like that for Halloween, if not this year. And on top of that... <laughs> Like I, I listened to that song like religiously. <laughs> I don't know what Fair it is. Enough. It's like I, at least once a month or something. Like it's just it's I, I love I love it. It's it's uh, it's kind of cool because like in the video when I when I see him there with the with the computers and, and his guitar and stuff, it almost like reminds me of like Trent Reznor. And and that's the other thing that is one yeah. thing that came out that kind of made me sad was that someone wrote an article talking talking to Trent Reznor about how. Trent had approached Prince for a collaboration and it looked like it was going to happen but then Trent suggested something I think I think it was that he basically wanted to record it at Nothing Studios and because of how Prince feels about letting other people record uh he basically shut him down and was like no and and it like it broke his heart and I'm like oh you can't hurt Trent Reznor like that he's already been hurt enough (laughs) yeah it Trent's another one who we talked about many times on this show and who we respect, but at the same time, yeah, it is interesting. It does make you wonder about people who are uh, just, you know, similar in style. <laughs> yeah, and I have a I have a love of Trent too, and and he was one of those ones that I I attached to emotionally during my painful high school years. So it's like it's kind of kind of awesome. Do that. It's kind of awesome to see where he's at now. Like with with the uh, he just it just he's happier. You know he's actually he's happy been able to put behind the sadness <laughs> in his life, and I think mm-hmm. it was eye opening because it made you wonder how many others have just never been able to put that behind them. <laughs> yeah, like he he did the uh, the him and and Atticus did the music for Soul. And that's like one of my favorite animated Same. films. That and definitely it's just, a great, ah. just altogether, just score that 
I mean, it really does make you feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prince. <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean, though. I mean, it's good to have an artist who, even if you don't know him personally, you relate to them so much. <laughs> yeah. It's for like with with Trent, it gives me hope, and like I said, of course, with Prince, it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I still he he did live a good life but i think we were still kind of sad because it was just like okay so what was his age it felt sudden to me i think he was like mid to late 50s early 60s probably early 57. 60s yeah so you're oh, yeah. far off Man. it was just it was sudden like i remember seeing some of the because uh, he was doing a lot of stripped down acoustic type performances live shows uh, i'd be careful to have Small. his name in the same sentence as stripped down the little butt cheeks no <laughs> uh, but he but yeah they were like these little intimate performances with with not a lot of people my cat woke up i'm sorry um it's all good. Hey, cat. <laughs> he's like i want to give my opinion on prince too um but but yeah he was he was doing that and and then like i could feel the heart in those performances and i was really hoping that he was going to make like a big comeback. And then next thing you know, he he's freaking found dead in an elevator. And it was like, that's, it just felt sudden, you know? It was just so, I mean, nothing could prep us for it, but we were still, it's like, what? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all together, I mean, uh, you do kind of, he is another one who, because he kind of evokes all this kind of unusual social commentary, too, you do kind of want to just wonder what was going inside his head, but you kind of couldn't know unless he revealed it to you. Because, again, like you say, he would deny interviews. So even yeah. if you were established, you just thought, yeah, you're playing tricks on me. <laughs> As I remember... um a few years ago for new year's because i was kind of like isolated <laughs> and i was like all right i need to do something to like keep my, my spirits up so i I, mm -hmm. I was just listening to this whole catalog of prints and my housemate her birthday is on new year's eve <laughs> and so she had people oh, over wow. and and so i was just hold up in my room like little feral cat that i am listening to prints dancing and stuff and so the next day, um, I was listening to Prince again, and I came out to get some snacks or something. She goes, "You sure do like Prince?" And I was like, "I I fucking love Prince. He's he's like a part of my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. means a lot to me." <laughs> and she goes, "I just don't get it." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and she goes, "He's just, he was just so weird and crass, and and his music just wasn't any good." And I'm just standing Whoa. there with my snacks in my hand. And I'm like, why would you tell me this? I literally just told you that I love the man and I love yeah. his music and it was important to me. And you're going to tell me that, that like, that's cool if you don't get it, but why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So I just stood there kind of looking at her and she goes, yeah, it's just uh, like his music just didn't make sense either. And I was like, how does it, how did it not, you, you, you need to, you need to read lyrics. Like it makes sense. <laughs> I don't think you listened to, she listened to any songs. <laughs> I don't think so either. She probably heard like Little Red Corvette <laughs> and maybe right. When Doves Cry. And, and she was basing it she off of that. Which beginner level, well. but not the actual song. <laughs> right. And, and like, I think actually Little Red Corvette is probably my least favorite, but you know, it's like. 
it's like when doves cry, especially musically, it's it's an amazing song. So I was like, all right, you 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 have your opinion. I'm gonna go eat my snacks. I'm gonna go back to being a feral cat in my room. <laughs> Speaking of my out of here. <laughs> what would you say was your introduction to Prince? Like I know you said that you kinda you you kind of like remember hearing uh, just constantly before. on the radio. I just was always hearing people talk about his different movies and what have you and just it made sense to me when because long story short when you're trying to actually uh just what's it called just really dissect a person and uh just understand how music works and everything and I would see constantly just people talk about uh, just uh, his influence and everything and what he had been a part of. And uh, I think I just, after a while, I mean, uh, when, when you're listening to someone like him, you're, uh, you're actually trying to kind of, he kind of invites you to just follow along with him, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's kind of the gist I got, just all his greatest hits just on the music. I heard a good chunk of them, and then, you know, I went through it, the deep cuts and everything, and uh, it was easy to see why most of them didn't make it, because they were just too risky to get any kind of airplay, even at midnight. So, you know, <laughs> they might have, have played when they were first out, but that was it. <laughs> have you seen all, like, just thinking, because uh, uh, there was... Um... A mention of of films have you seen all all three i think i think there's three have you seen all three of his films i think there's only three i don't know i think i saw them. part of the graffiti bridge which was a sequel to purple rain and then i definitely didn't see any of the other ones he did i think he did one in france if i'm not stick yeah there's um the the three ones that i know it's of course it's purple rain graffiti bridge and uh under the cherry moon <laughs> and and Under the Cherry Moon was one of the rarer ones. Like I don't remember ever seeing it playing on television. Yeah, like that. if it played, it was probably at midnight on Showtime or something, you know. <laughs> and it was just—it was so weird. Like, I, I love, I love <laughs> but boy. only he could do that kind of right. Thing. Exactly. It, it was definitely like it's like Prince avant-garde. It's like a Prince art film. <laughs> <laughs> but I just yeah. I, I I did not I did not dig it unfortunately. But I loved, I loved Purple Rain. At least you can Rain. say love... you're, a, you're a giant fan because you you went out to see it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I didn't like it. <laughs> it's all good. I was like, why, Uncle? Why? <laughs> but um, but Graffiti Bridge I thought was pretty interesting. Like it had, like I I can't say that I liked the story. Like it was, it was um, I liked I liked it visually. Like the aesthetic was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And and I definitely like the music that came from it. But as far as the story goes, it felt like it was kind of weak. Like Purple Rain to me was just, it was, it was, I don't want to say perfect because then that, that, that sound like I'm like talking it up too much, but <laughs> it was, it was good. You know, it was, um, it had a really good story to connect to. Yeah, that's good. I, I only saw parts of it. So I, <laughs> I just remember Siskel and Eber gave a very disfavorable review to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know my folks were not crazy about Purple Rain, but then at the same time, like, it's kind of one of those, like, while it isn't great as a story, I think people just forgave it because, like, 
it was stunningly shot and like the director of that even did reshoots on <laughs> Tango and Cash. He had the essential MTV 80s look. And I think mm-hmm. he and Prince got along well because like, I don't know if it was just Prince understood him and he was a like Italian video producer guy for hire and uh, they pretty much just kept each other to their devices and even though the acting's questionable and everything it's just it's kind of just an interactive music video and because you get to hear all his music yeah it's kind of why you watched it back in the day you know yeah wait you're talking about graffiti bridge right or oh no uh, purple rain (laughs) oh purple rain oh well (laughs) but that's okay i mean it's kind of a style over substance movie and there's plenty of time for all of that, you know, <laughs> just look at the matrix. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just kind of interesting how it was also not hard to edit, you know, just cut out some of the language and <laughs> romantic foreplay and it's safe to air, but it's interesting how uh, just for some people that along with probably the Batman soundtrack might've been their introduction to him versus <laughs> otherwise just you know collecting his music over the years <laughs> yeah actually i just realized that graffiti bridge was directed by him so that would explain why why i felt like it was a little bit weaker <laughs> <laughs> felt legit because it was legit him <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure he yelled at the cinematographer get it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i kind of i kind of feel like especially from my own experiences as a filmmaker it is it is hard to try and make something that's incredible when you're doing so much on the project including acting in it (laughs) Um, yeah i mean there are definitely people that i think pull it off well but i'm a little sus like i'm like hmm did you really direct it (laughs) yeah did you really i mean as we knew i mean name on it there's this one cinematographer I even did a special on where he, he was pretty much any actor who was misbehaving on set, he was pretty much picking up the paces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is interesting how uh, altogether, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have any issue with him at all. I, 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 It's so rare that we can see someone who's kind of over the top and we totally... We don't understand him, and yet at the same time, we kind of understand him. If that makes sense, like we're uh, we we kind of just all together, just everyone let him be him. And I mean, it's definitely the rare example of let him be him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually saw this thing on YouTube uh, a few few weeks ago that was they they i don't and this is this is something there are a lot of things i wasn't aware of like in pop culture around prince because i was a kid you know but they claim that there was this whole rivalry well not claim they they showed moments that you realize it was a thing but it wasn't between the two of them exactly it was more like their their record labels pushing them against each other and like you know like i feel like the public does this kind of weird thing too or like the press especially where it's they'll they'll take people that are iconic that are in, in in the same the same genre the same field and they'll pit them against each other it's like you know you can't you can't let them coexist it's like they they have to be one against the other and so there's a thing with prince and michael jackson and um you know towards the end prince basically was talking about like in different little clips he was talking about how he actually had a love for mj 
and and actually you know he didn't really see it as a rivalry he didn't really have you know any animosity against him but it was it was something that that people expected and that in the beginning especially Michael Jackson was heavily competitive you know there were there were people that that knew Michael Jackson and were around at the time where they would have these conversations where Michael would would always try to one up Prince and um, yeah and Prince would Prince kind of had fun with it like he thought because he, he was so was secure himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's like, bitch, I'm Prince. I'm not threatened. This is hilarious. Let me prank you. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. It was very wild. <laughs> but that was kind of fun to, to not not like fun, fun, but it was like funny reading about or reading about and because I, I watch things and then I go and I, I look them up to see if it's just people from their own perspective making shit up or if it's actually something that was known and, and, you know, there are a lot of accounts of it. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, all together, he is just kind of a, now that he's a legend, it's going to be interesting just kind of seeing what future generations are like just getting into him. Cause like very much like Jackson, he's still very much alive in pop culture, even though he has passed away. He's just kind of, a special kind. <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking forward to uh, whenever they decide they're going to do a biopic about him. Oh, God. I'm pretty sure his brother is blocking it right now until he dies. <laughs> I'm hoping. Wait, I he... I know he has a sister. He has a brother. I thought he... Okay, well, let's see. check it out. <laughs> and... I know he has a sister, and she uh, he wrote a song on, um, gosh, I can't remember which album it was. I think it's, is it, I think the song itself is called like Melody Rogers or something, but he has a song that he named a character in the song after his sister, so I thought that was kind of cute, but basically he's talking about like this, this badass Okay, so chick. he had a sister, but I swear he, okay, so who did he, Prince's estate sold to okay no spouse or living children his estate passed to his six half siblings who could not agree on a distribution plan and frequently ended up in court okay according to the guardian nah. wow money always screws it sounds people like up when much like michael jackson like he came from a family that was kind of a piece of work and so then long story short he could be kind of temperamental too yeah yeah, MJ's kind of a. I'll mention him in reference to other things, but he's a little bit of a sore topic for me. <laughs> uh. mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Well, okay. So, Miss Warren, it's been great having you on here because you kind of just you broke down just kind of the appeal of this person, which is cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always fun to talk about my favorites. <laughs> And I appreciate the opportunity to do so. It was, uh, it was really good chatting with you about him, Cam. Anytime. Because uh, there's nothing worse than when it just feels like people are talking about something, but they're barely scratching the surface. So we may not have given you everything you guys want to hear, but I mean, we I hope we gave you something to work with here you know, and <laughs> some kind of idea of the guy. Definitely something to look up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't see any of his fan base just like taking off. It seems like 
he's the perfect example of kind of like any over-the-top sci-fi horror actor any wacky interview he's been in like his fans remember and they're just not surprised it's just kind of part of the whole system really <laughs> yeah but, graffiti yeah. bridge is on hbo max right now if anybody decides they want to wow. they want to watch it yeah <laughs> wow. and purple rain was on tubi i don't know if it's on tubi anymore and mm-hmm. under the cherry moon it's that's a hard one to find and i i, I wouldn't recommend it anyway <laughs> <laughs> i will take your recommendation <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.